is that Shrek would never do that to Fiona. (laughs) (laughs) No, never. That's it's not true love. It's not true love. No. And that's that's it. Literally, just how you base you should everything should be based on what Shrek would do. Would Shrek treat Fiona that way? No. Yeah. Would Shrek treat Donkey that way? Maybe. Always. Yeah. Well then, there's your answer. There's your answer. You're the you're the donkey. Welcome back to Paranormal. <laughs> we're your hosts. I'm Marie. And I'm Nicolina. And we're coming to you not live. <laughs> but we're coming in hot. From our studio, which is a very professional studio. It's the best studio in the, all of the land. It's Selfie Central. Selfie Central. <laughs> um, we've got a not themed episode for you today again, right? Yeah, not, um, not themed. themed. I mean, last one was like semi-themed with NBA yeah. stuff, but... I kind of like the unthemed ones, though. I mean, we just basically go, us... well, we're wilding out, like, yeah, go rogue. Yeah, some creative freedom. A little bit of creative freedom, yeah. Yeah. And mine's not really even a ghost story, which is kind of really going rogue on you, but yeah. it's still, like, weird I'm and paranormal and odd behavior we i would say we don't know if it's paranormal or not yeah we're not too we're sure. not sure i mean but i feel like something happened something like, happened something went something went awry, awry. Well, we know that yeah it, yeah yeah how was your week um it was good um one of my co-workers was fired Yikes. so that wasn't the best yeah. um and he was like my the closest co-worker to me there like yeah um, and he was there for five years and it was really, I was really not expecting it Yikes. at all. Um, because he's like, he contributes to a lot of the day-to-day operations. So I just, I didn't know. And then I got like a message, like I walked in thinking he was just in the bathroom and then yeah. got a message being like, I've been let go. And I was, didn't even process like what, who, who's been let go. Oh my and then God. he was just like, look at my desk and it was just bare. And I felt horrible. Oh, God. Um, and then immediately what goes through your mind is like, why are they making cuts? Like, who's, why? who's next? Yeah. Who's next? Why? Like, they're clear, they, are they clear in the swamp? Like, I'm not sure what's right. happening. Like, are they really buckling down on people's performance? And like, right. I don't know. And like, like, obviously we all spoke after and it's really the, the company is growing right now. So they basically need to like, kind of tighten things up Mm -hmm. but yeah I don't know it's just shit just that sucks I hate that like I remember not that my coworkers got fired but we went through massive changes at my company yeah like about a year ago I'd say like no it, it had been going on for about three like I would say two to three years like massive changes and they just kept coming and coming and coming and then all my friends left because they just couldn't take deal the, with it. They the were like, constant, they feel so insecure now. at work. Yeah. yeah. They're like, this is just like a shit house. Yeah. So yeah. Everyone that I was close with, except for Victoria quit. And right. then all I had left was Victoria. Right. And that was it. Yeah. Shit. It sucked. It sucked. Yeah. It's um, sad because like, I mean, part of work is the culture sucks. and the people yeah. around you. And a lot of people keep their jobs just purely from the relationships that they have at work right like my last job I probably wouldn't have stayed as long as I did if I didn't have the close relationships that I had because it was yes. very far from where I lived and it drained me and exhausted me but mm-hmm. I felt very like 
um, like there were just certain people that I like spoke to as best friends and not having that and starting somewhere new was yeah. like slightly like you don't you don't know you don't know if you're gonna find that somewhere else nope you don't um but yeah I just it was it sucks just because of how close we were and our organization isn't huge so it's not like I can just like go and make someone else my best friend <laughs> I know right yeah that's the worst part yeah and now that I'm in my new position it was like me and like two other people in my department and the rest of our department was working from Markham. Right. So I was like, I am legitimately alone, alone, alone. Yeah. That sucks. Like Victoria worked in a completely different department. I never saw her. Yeah. And I was, I, I can't even describe how much it sucked to work somewhere for eight hours a day without having a friend to like laugh about dumb shit at or like, even somebody to just like have a conversation with. No, I know. I honestly felt like small talk. I honestly felt like my, like significant, like not significant other, but like, it feels like you've broken up with someone because they're just gone. Yeah. From eight hours of your life, every, from 40 hours of your life every week. Yeah. Brutal. Um, that sucks. My week was, it was okay. We found out that our company, I never say my company's name on the podcast. So not just general, my company is cutting 1800 jobs globally. Mm-hmm. So like we're in the UK, we're in Europe and like and Canada and very small amount in the US, but we're cutting 1800 jobs, which is That's a huge a lot. thing. I don't think I across have across every like every city yeah. and space. Okay. I think it has to I think it's going to be like senior management that's going that's to That's usually see. who goes first. Yeah. So like I don't think I really have anything to worry about. Right. Um but yeah, so that was what we dealt with all week. And now, like, and then Friday, I was working from home and I just got caught up on all my stuff. Like, I, I had to make sure that all of my emails had been returned, all of my voicemails had been returned, and all of, like, the little mundane tasks had been done. And then I had to make sure that anything that was scheduled for this upcoming week was also, like, reviewed and taken care of or had, like, a clear plan of action because... I'm going on vacation starting Monday for a week. Right. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm going to be home. Yeah. For a whole week. And I'm just planning on like, like painting shit in my house and just doing shit around the house. But like, I, it just sucked. Like it was such a tiring week. And now finally this next week I get to just chill because it's my birthday on Monday. We're in Gemini Gemini season. season. (laughs) <laughs> which, is, which is okay. So as much as there's not a theme, there is a theme to my story. Oh, yes, there is. There is because it's Gemini season, which is the twin sign. And I decided to do a story about twins. Twins. Yeah. It's Gemini season. So I am thriving. Are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not not thriving. No, or like, like I'm you're, doing you're stable. You're definitely like in a, in a good, it's your season. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's it's a, the best time for you. I'm going to see this site. I'm really excited, and it's it is ties in nicely with the theme of our podcast. I'm going to see a psychic yes. on Tuesday who has like I okay. So my two of my friends have seen her, mm-hmm. and two of them have told me she has said things to them that there's just no like 
I know that a lot of psychics are just like intuitive and they can just like gauge like right like it's like oh who died of, of cancer like yeah everyone fucking died like so many people have have family members that died. I'm saying everybody knows someone that died of cancer no no it's true like, it's not it's not a unique just shit like that it. so like but yeah. no like these things like for example I'll use one for like a, a one for example I'm not gonna give out too much but my one friend working in Toronto mm-hmm. living in Stony Creek. So that's about a one hour drive away in rush hour. It's like two hours by train. It's like one and a half hours to get to and from work every day. Okay. The, this lady told her that she was going to be moving to the Niagara region. Oh. And she was like, there's no way in hell. Yeah. I would move to Niagara, to Niagara, like St. Catherine's well. And I'm already far enough. I'm so far from work. There's absolutely not a chance that I will be moving there and she was like you will be I, I promise you you will be and I think within a couple of weeks what had happened was her boyfriend got hired as a paramedic in for the city of St. Catharines oh no and they bought a house and she moved within like a month I she say she into Toronto yeah <gasps> she like drives to Burlington and then takes the train from Burlington to that's horrible to Toronto it sucks for her yeah but, but she, she like, didn't have a choice yeah she works for like a really um like a globally known yeah. media site. Okay. So it's a good job for her to have. To keep, yeah. Um, and she was contract at the time. So she wanted to, she didn't want to give it up because right. there was the potential that it could turn to full time. And I think it has now. Okay. But that's not part of the story. But basically <laughs> what it was, was there was no plans, nothing in her foresight to move to the Niagara region yeah, no, at absolutely. any point in time. Yeah. And this lady was like, you will be. Mm-hmm. You, I promise you, you will be. Like, that's very, that's a very different thing than saying like, which one of your, what, what grandparent? Oh, I see a grandparent here. No, I get you know it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so her and my other friend, I, so I, so this girl, the girl that the Niagara thing happened with, she was the one who was like, you should go see Domenica. Mm-hmm. And then... I was hanging out with my other friend one day and I was like, oh, I'm going to see a psychic like the day after my birthday. And immediately she goes, are you going to see Domenica? Mm. And I was like, oh my God. So then she had a story that was like even crazier than that, but I'm not going to say it because it's personal. But like, again, another thing that was just like, can't guess, there's can't just no way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one of my sister's friends recommended her to my sister because she was like this girl's insane she knows things that nobody knows so I'm going to see her on Tuesday I'm very nervous Mm -hmm. about what she's gonna say I'm gonna ask her about these weird dreams that I've been having okay because I've been having like recurring dreams yeah with like a certain person in them and I'm just like get out of like get out of my dreams and why do they keep coming back and We'll see what she says. I'll report back to you. Okay. Y'all on this PCAST. <laughs> um, do you want to get into, speaking of Gemini season. Yeah, speaking of Gemini season, let's do some fucking horoscopes. 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 You want me to do yours first? Yeah, I guess. I did you. I think you did mine first. Last did time. I? Yeah. Okay, go ahead then. I'll do yours. Um, emotionally, you should feel good today, Gemini. So don't let this confidence go to waste. Do things with your sweetheart and turn the dial up on romance. Your inner light is shining brightly. So know that you can use this to illustrate the path for others. Offer a sympathetic ear and comforting shoulder for someone to cry on tonight. People will be drawn to you like steel to a magnet. 
I don't think that you're going to do any romantic things with your partner. Well, Steven's sick. Yep. Uh, I didn't do anything. Like, I literally was like, I'll take the dog for a walk by myself. I'll go grocery shopping by myself. I'll do all this stuff by myself today. I feel like they had us in the first half of that, and then they lost us in the second half of that horoscope. Like, this, I feel like you're feeling good and confident. Like, you're, like, in a, you're, I don't know, you're not, like. I'm okay, yeah. You're okay. Like, you said, you felt good. You felt all right. You're thriving. Yeah, I'm thriving. It's Gemini season. Mm -hmm. And then. (laughs) Um, was I sympathetic, a sympathetic ear for you today, Kalina? No. No. <laughs> you were more like a harsh, cruel ear. I was not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I listened to no. you. No, you're good. <laughs> Did I have stuff to complain about? I don't know. No, just, uh, Oh, yeah, like, I guess. Like, no, sure. Just, no, no. No, no. No, you did not to complain. You did not to complain. You did not do that. Okay. Your horoscope says... Feel free to ignite your passion with the help of the people around you, Leo. Join with those who share similar dreams and make a plan for accomplishing whatever you choose. The more creative you can be with your planning, data collecting, and execution, the better off you'll be. The white hot fire within you is ready to blaze. I mean, okay, like, I do have a lot of things right now in the pipeline that I am working on, both work and personally. Yeah. Um, my, my, I feel like my career and like ambition focus is like very charged up at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have literally zero desire to like date, talk to people, like talk to the opposite sex. Like I have like nothing in me wants to reach out to guys yeah. at all. And I'm like, this is weird. Like usually I like crave attention. Even if right. I don't like you, like yeah. I'll still try and like have some people. Someone on the go. Someone or like on the go. Someone to like pay me compliments. Yeah. Right. Like just something. And I literally cannot find it in my body to talk to anyone. Cause I am so like focused on getting shit done in my work and in right like other aspects of my life right so yeah and I do rely on a few other people to help me get that done so I guess I have been calling on others um such as yourself to finish this shit to come back and do this a second Second time this This one is brand new this is brand new yeah um our other podcast which we are working on called can I call you we had recorded it and then the episode was recorded poorly and we don't like to put out poor content so we had to re-record that today yeah um and then we're doing this again and we're doing this we're doing this immediately after so we've just done a lot of bantering and talking but she's i guarantee you by the end of this episode nicolina is going to be so annoyed with me she's going to be like thank god i don't have to see you for another two weeks (laughs) yeah i've already (laughs) written a note to myself being like don't speak to Marie for two weeks or else you'll kill her. I thought you were going to say I already wrote a note and put it, it slipped it in your back. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I also did. I was going to send you an email after, actually. It's just a post-it that says, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I just city. can't with you and for at least two more weeks. I, I, It's Gemini season. You're thriving, but you need to calm down. <laughs> That's what it yeah. says. Honestly, though, it's funny because I have been, like, needing to call you a lot more lately. I've been like, Marie, can I call you? Can I call you? Uh-huh. Hey, can I call uh-huh. and I'm like well I am turning into Marie <laughs> yeah, that's me all the time can I call you can I call you quick sometimes I just want to call because I need to not just okay first of all I'm driving is from the I'm majority driving. of the part 
Second of all, it's More usually if I need to call somebody, it's to vent or to make plans. Right. right. So if I'm venting, I need you to hear the emotion behind my voice yeah. to really understand, to understand how severity. upset I am <laughs> yeah, yeah. and to make plans. For some reason for me, like I can't just type them out. I don't know why my wires get crossed when I read things, but yeah, if I'm fair. saying them out loud and I'm like this time at this place, like I remember them, but yeah. if it's a text, I'll be like an hour late or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. That's anyway. Funny. Yeah. So I, you yeah. can call me anytime you want though. I don't mind. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that was a true horoscope, but it was more like an advice. It really wasn't like, it was more like get things done. Yeah, like you've anyone, got this. Your fire is burning. Yeah. Your fire is burning. You've got it. You've got it. All right. right. I think I'm first. You are first. Okay. So I am going to tell a story about uh, a woman named Maria Larstone. This story is kind of culty in nature. And, uh, or sorry, her name is not Maria Larstone. Uh, Sorry. There's a woman named Maria. um, And then there's the woman who the sto- who oh my gosh the woman who's talking about maria in this story as well i just can't remember her name now so okay the story takes place in 1988 and this woman is living with her husband and she's got a one-year-old and a two-year-old and they're both daughters okay uh they had just left a small basement apartment so they were really excited because they were going to move into a three-bedroom split-level house and it was like a dream come true for them They were just settling into their new life when, oh, her name was Kat, Mm. when Kat was contacted by someone she hadn't heard from in over a year. Maria was a friend of hers and just out of the blue um, had called her. And back then there was no call display. So the phone rang and Kat answers it. And this woman is hysterical on the other end. And she's saying that she needs her help. And what Kat says is what really got me was when she said, they're going to kill us. Oh, perfect. Yes. Uh, so Maria ends up arriving on Kat's doorstep with her son. Uh, and Kat's asking, like, what happened? Maria is a mess. She's dis- disheveled. She's pale. And immediately she's going, I know you don't know me that well, but I always trusted you and I knew that you would help me. So Kat lets her in. Um, and Maria opens up about what's been happening. So they sit down to catch up on the last 12 months, um, but every word that came out of Maria's mouth, Kat found horrifying. Mm. Uh, And she said, basically, she just says, my husband joined a cult. (gasps) Shit. So when Maria got pregnant, her husband made an appalling confession. Halfway through the pregnancy, he said, we have to leave here. I've done something really bad and we have to go. She said that when she had an ultrasound and she found out she was having a boy, he promised the boy to a cult as a sacrifice. Is this Rosemary's baby? No. This fucking sounds like it. No. No. This is from another like ghost show yeah, that I watched. It just, it just sounds like Rosemary's baby. Okay. So then Maria tells Kat that she's scared, but she doesn't really believe that her or the baby are in danger. And all of that changed when her husband's birthday party eight months earlier, uh, just or at her husband's birthday party eight months earlier, just after the baby had been born. So they had a birthday party and she said that she remembered hearing her sister screaming and, and then she realized that she was drugged. He's drugged us. Uh, there were these people in my apartment and she said, I remember robes, 
I remember these black robes and there was a fight, a physical altercation. Uh, she told me that, or she said that she uh, got up, she can walk, but she's really dopey. And there's a knife in her kitchen sink and it's covered in blood. And she said, I don't know why I just started washing the knife. And then I look over and my husband is in this industrial garbage bag and I can see his arm is over his head hanging out of the garbage bag. His throat had been cut from ear to ear and they had nearly decapitated him. What? I made it back to the couch and I passed out. When I woke up, the garbage bag was gone and he was gone. They found him in a field across from the apartment. The people at the funeral home, they were all trying to say he committed suicide. What? Yeah. No, he didn't. He joined a cult. <gasps> right. Uh, so Maria's brutal tale did not finish with her husband's death. This is just the beginning. She started to tell her that shortly after the funeral, someone had called during the funeral, or sorry, someone had called during the funeral and told her that it's not over. We are owed. The baby is ours. Oh. He was promised to us and we want him. Oh my God. Right. So. Despite her reservations, Kat felt that she had no other option but to invite Maria and her son to move in. I, I would never. No. I would never. It would turn out to be the worst decision of her life. Mm -hmm. She said, I, have, I had no clue what was being brought or entering my life or my husband's life or more importantly, the lives of my children. Um, so usually when people get into the occult, there are attachments that will attach themselves to those individuals. And the individual's spirit can move and manifest itself to another individual. Right. Uh, there's a different level of energy that's playing here, a different mindset that's playing here. And it's the mindset that's saying, I want to take over. The mindset that I want to empower and the mindset that I want to control. So the entities will take that opportunity and they will cause havoc with that person. Shortly after Maria had arrived, something or some strange things had started happening. The uh, cat went to put the children's toys away before bed and her husband would get up in the morning and the toys would be all out of the chest. And he would say, what are you doing? Why? Uh, like, why? Sorry, why don't you put them away? Someone's going to trip. Mm -hmm. And she did. She did put them away. Um, so they were just coming but out? But they were coming out in the middle of the night. Okay. Life was completely normal before Maria had arrived and Kat was now convinced that the strange events were linked to Maria. She was a she feared that by taking Maria in, she had also invited in the spirit of Maria's dead husband. She had hung pictures that she liked. Some of them were really old pictures, um, so she loved them. But then they would come off the wall. Oh my god! They would smash on the floor like someone had just walked by and hit them and knocked them off. That uh, what was very painful was finding that her wedding pictures had been shredded. Ugh. The glass was shattered and the photo had been shredded. Kat uh, told Maria that she had to leave, but any hopes that the weird events would stop were soon dashed in brutal fashion. That was when the smell arrived in the house. <laughs> oh, are you okay? <laughs> oh, you know, just a smell. So she was, it's, it's only smells. I was in the kitchen doing dishes. And I smelled the smell of rot, of decay. And all of a sudden, oh, sorry, something happened here. Um, ba -ba -da -ba. So ba -ba -ba, all of a sudden I felt something against me. I couldn't move. 
My husband saw my hips the next day and I had bruises, just black. And he said, oh my God, did you fall or what happened? And I said, no, I was attacked. I just want to go have a bath. I just want to bathe. But for her, nowhere in the house was safe. She felt a hand. It was literally fingers that were on either side of the tops of her ears and it pushed her under the water. And she thought, I have to get out of here. I have to get out. I have to get out. I'm going to die. I'm going to die in here. The attack stopped as suddenly as it started. She just survived one of the most terrifying experiences of her life. She tried to block it out of her mind and move on. Several nights later, she had put her children to bed and she was trying to watch TV, but she was just thinking about what happened when she was confronted by an enormous shadow figure. It literally filled the entire door black. It was massive. And she said that she was thinking, oh my God, I can smell the rot. And it charged at her. Once again, just when she thought that she could take no more, the attack suddenly stopped. Her husband was away, so she was terrified of being in the house with just her young daughters. And she asked her mom to come over. Um, she had this big floral picture that she had put up. And her mom comes to the house and she's standing talking to her mom. And it flies off of the wall and smashes. And then all of a sudden, something's, she says, all of a sudden, something's got me. It literally grabbed me and spun me and then bang up on the wall. My feet came up off the floor and the nail where the picture was hung, I'm slammed against it and it's pulling me down and the nail is gouging my back. Ew. My mom was screaming, what's happening? What's going on? And I'm yelling, it's going to kill me. You have to go take the girls and go. It doesn't want you. It wants me. I called my husband at work and I said, I'm done. I can't stay here. I can't live here anymore. I can't do this. I packed up my kids as much as I could uh, and or as much as I could grab in a quick amount of time and myself and I left. I went to my mom's. Then she calls Maria's dad and says she needs to talk to her. Okay. Okay. Um, and her and I guess her dad answers the phone and he says, this is it. After today, don't come back. If you come back, what's been happening to you will get worse. Okay. So apparently when the individual finds out the person that it, that this entity comes from yeah. or the initial entry point like comes into their lives, when they confront that person, they're technically confronting the entity at the same time because the attachment is feeding off of them. Okay. Um, so then Kat says she doesn't even recognize the face on Maria. She's wringing her hands and she said, I'll always love you, but I can't ever see you again. Um, and then Kat responded, please, before it kills one of my kids. And Maria basically tells her, this is your problem. What? And so then Kat tells her, you should have never brought this into my home or to me. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's just over. What? So after seeing Maria that final time, the attack stopped and Kat's family went on to live a normal life. Huh. Yeah. Invitations to entities from the dark side are not easily revoked. Once a door is open, the spirit world has a habit of sticking around. Yeah. But she got out of it. Wow. So I guess by confronting Maria, she was confronting this entity and was basically saying, like, this is it. It's I over. See. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, the yeah, entity yeah. left her. And that huh. was it. I wonder what happened with the cult, though. And with Maria's son. Anyway. Yeah, that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah. 
I fucking love this show. Paranormal Survivor. Yeah, it started off very Rosemary's Baby, but it took a fucking twist and turn that I was not expecting whatsoever. That's right, girl. 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 (laughs) And that is it. So we got yours. We got mine. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. Before we do yours, we should do just a real quick um, thing where we talk about our new podcast because we're right in the middle of the episode. So this would be a good spot for it. Yes. And also, my um, I need my charger. For your computer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Grab your charger. And then, and while she grabs her charger... You guys can go to iTunes and <laughs> actually don't because I don't know if it's going live this week, but we'll keep you posted Yeah, that we have a new podcast coming out called Can I Call You? And uh, we want you guys to take part in it. It's more uh, of a collaborative podcast with us and you where you guys write in and ask us for advice and me and Nicolina will gladly give you this advice. Um, we're not <laughs> professionals, but we are exper- rich in life experiences. And I mean, it's like the way I think of it, it's like asking, you know, when you ask your friends for advice about a situation, you're like, oh man, like my, this guy, like he fucking ghosted me or whatever. Yeah. And your friends, they'll tell you. But they'll sugarcoat you. They'll sugarcoat it. Yes. Yeah. We're not here to sugarcoat things for you. We will offer you advice. We'll be nice, but we're not going to sugarcoat the advice. No. So anyways. it's Because we don't know you. I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) But really, like, we don't have anything to lose by giving you the advice. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So keep your ears peeled for Can I Call You. Okay. And I'm all charged up. You're all charged up. Let's charge up. Okay. So as I had mentioned earlier, um, this is Gemini season and Gemini is the twin sign. So I thought that I would do a story about twins that was creepy and concerning. And what I came across was the story of the Erickson sisters, which most of us know from the YouTube video. And yeah, like, I feel like I watched that. It was 10 years ago, 11 years ago now um, of them. Like, causing a disturbance in the middle of traffic and everyone was very concerned. So I'm going to uh, relive and retell the story of the Erickson sisters and um, what happened and what people think may have happened to them during this time. Um, So they're going to steal your organs, screams Sabina Erickson before running towards oncoming traffic on the M6 motorway having already been hit head-on by a Volkswagen driving at full speed. Jesus. Her twin sister, Ursula, legs crushed by the truck that has just run her over... Oh, my God. ...is spitting and screaming at paramedics on the side of the road. Oh, my God. Eleven years have passed since the world came to learn of the Erickson twins. The majority through footage of this bizarre roadside incident being broadcast to millions on the BBC show Traffic Cops. Then the 2010 BBC documentary Madness in the Fast Lane. They're also 
a popular topic in the conspiracy and mystery sections of Reddit. Yes. But a decade on, few could claim that they are any closer to understanding the chaos that occurred over two days in the West Midlands in May of 2008. The commonly accepted timeline begins on February the 16th of May, so not that long ago in terms of this year. Yeah. Um, when Sabina and Ursula Eriksson, two Swedish women in their late 30s, traveled to Liverpool by ferry. It's believed, though, nobody on said ferry has ever come forward to confirm they were seen. From Sabina's home in Mallow, County Cork, Ireland. Ursula had traveled from her home in the U.S. to visit her twin sister. Once in Liver Liverpool, arriving, it's believed at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday the 17th of May, they both went to visit St. Anne Police Station, where Sabina reported concerns about the safety of her children back in Ireland. The police made contact with officers in Dublin and promised to follow the complaint up. At 11.30 a.m., Sabina and Ursula boarded a National Express coach to London. Again, no other traveler has ever come forward to say they were also on that coach. The sisters left the coach at Keel Services, which isn't a scheduled rest stop either because they were feeling unwell, as stated by the police report that would follow, or because, as the bus driver has claimed, they were acting erratically. The latter story goes that they both held onto their bags, having refused to put them in the luggage hold, and that the driver asked to search their luggage. Mm -hmm. When they refused, they were ordered off the vehicle, which naturally, because like, yeah, like people I don't know what you have in there. bombs and stuff. And, yeah, um, so that would be a red flag. 100%. For sure. Especially in the UK, there's a lot of bombs yes. and things that happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, once at the services, they headed to the back of the complex. The services manager, also alarmed by their behavior, called the police. Her, her concern was that the twins were carrying explosives. There exactly. you go. The police came to speak to the women. Convinced they posed no threat or harm, either to the services or themselves, the police allowed them to leave. Fucking police, sometimes. I don't know, like... You know what? You know... Yeah. I mean. What happened next was extraordinary. Having seemingly left the services on foot, the two sisters were spotted on CCTV walking down the central reservation of the M6. Later, their elder brother, Bjorn, would claim that they were fleeing from maniacs, though nothing to confirm this has ever been released on film. Their older brother said they were fleeing from, from maniacs. maniacs. How would he know? Where was he? I don't know. Exactly. Obviously, in, maybe in Sweden still? I don't right. like, know. How do you know? I don't know why he would have, yeah, where he got that from. Right. They attempted to cross the road, Sabina getting being grazed by a red uh, car as they tried. Highway agency officers headed to the scene, as did the Central Motor Motorway Police Group, with camera operatives from the Traffic Cops program who were shadowing the unit at the time. They stopped the sisters. The situation appeared calm. The sisters stood smoking and chatting like normal. Sabina was wearing a yellow visor with the ledger, Time to Believe. So everything seems okay to the police at this point. Right. Then, as the arriving police were being briefed about the situation, Ursula suddenly ran into the road, her coat being pulled from by by a concerned officer as she attempted to free herself. She ran straight into the side of an oncoming articulated truck. It was traveling its estimated 60 miles per hour. So 120 kilometers per Jesus, hour. Yeah. 
you can see her shoes thrown across the road in the wake of the collision. Seconds later, Sabina jumped into the road, smashing into the bonnet of a Volkswagen Polo. Ursula's legs were crushed. Sabina was unconscious for approximately 15 minutes. Somehow they both survived. I don't understand. I don't know how they survived that. An air ambulance called. Sabina started to come round and responded by immediately clawing and spitting at the police officer, attempting to help her. She screamed, I recognize you. You're not real. She made the claim about the theft of her organs. Then miraculously, she rose to her feet and started screaming for the help of the police, seemingly unable to establish the police were already there. Oh my God. Sabina began to ask, why do you kill me? Then she punched a police officer in the face and bolted into the next carriageway. With nowhere to go, she took her red coat off and squared up to the police officers surrounding her who eventually put her in handcuffs. Searching the debris of the incident, the police found a number of broken mobile telephones. The sisters were taken to hospital. Ursula, her legs were fractured, was admitted. Sabina, seemingly uninjured, was taken to the police station to be processed. She was much calmer by this point, but faux frustration that she had to take her jewelry off. A bit flirty, even, she was. Okay. Odd. She commented to an officer, We say in Sweden that an accident rarely comes alone. Usually at least one more follows, maybe two. The following day, Sabina was released from court. She pled guilty to the charges of punching a police officer and trespassing on the motorway and sentenced to one day in custody. Having spent a full night in the police station, she was deemed to have served her sentence. Remarkably, there have been no full psychiatric evaluation. At around 7 p.m., two local men out walking a dog were stopped by Sabina. The dog belonged to Glenn Holstehead, 54, Holstenhead, 54, a former RAF airman. His friend was Peter Malloy. Sabina asked if there were any B&Bs nearby. Glenn suggested they go back to his house nearby. Sabina was nervy, nerve like nervous, but agreed. <laughs> Sorry. Nervy. So nervy. Nervy. <laughs> nervous, but agreed. Once there, she couldn't stop peering out the window. She offered the two men a cigarette before snatching them out of their mouths before they could light them, claiming they might be poisoned. Just before midnight, Peter Malloy left. Sabina stayed at the, stayed the night. The following day at around 7.40 p.m., Glenn made some food before heading outside to ask his neighbor, Frank Booth, if he could borrow tea bags. Under a minute later, he staggered outside, bleeding, telling Frank, she stabbed me. His last words before he died allegedly were, look after my dog for me. Oh, oh my God, Angel. My heart. Oh my God. Oh my God. Frank called 911. Sabina left. She was spotted running by a motorist named Joshua Greatage. It was later said that she was hitting herself with a hammer at regular, if erratic, intervals. Oh, my God. Greatage tried to restrain her and was hit by a roof tile Sabina had in her pocket. What? What? Eventually, she made it to a bridge where she jumped 40 feet into what an the E-50, fuck? breaking both her ankles and fracturing her skull. She still gets up and runs. No, I'm kidding. No. It was the last act of madness Sabina Erickson would commit, though certainly not the end of the madness. Oh, my God. Wait. She was alive. 
She was still alive. Yeah. Sabina was arrested on suspicion of murder. Well, c- well, convul- convul- what? Convalescated. What the fuck is this word? Let me see. I don't know. Where is it? Convalescing. Convalescing. I have no idea. I don't know. While being at the University Hospital of North Staffordshire on the 9th of June, still in a wheelchair, she was discharged on the 11th of September. Can they stop discharging her? Like, what the hell? She literally jumped off a 40-foot bridge, maybe have her on hold for like a week. Right. Like a psychiatric hold. Right. Charged and taken into custody the same day. Ursula was released the same month. She made it back to America via some time spent in, in Sweden. Sorry. How long was she under? How long was she held for? Who? Sabina. Sabina was held on the 11th of September. So 9th of June, she was. Um, okay, sorry. I misspoke she, then. I thought she had gotten out. I thought I got them mixed up and I thought it was like 9th of September. No, it's and a, they let her out sorry, dis- or something. Uh, still in wheelchair. She was discharged on the 11th of September, charged and taken into custody the same day. Yeah. So she it was, was, like, right after this happened then? No, she was arrested on the 9th of June. No, no, no. I yeah. know the arrest. But, oh, like, oh, when yeah. was she discharged? Like, they let just let her go? And from September to June, like... She's... June to September. She was arrested in June. Yeah. And let go in September. So in two months. Three months. Fuck, man. Okay, go on. Sorry, I she... just wanted... I, I messed up. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... So her sister went back to America, okay. never charged with a crime herself. She is now a member of the Sacred Heart Church in the Bellevue, Washington, in Bellevue, Washington. Sabina's trial was due to start in February of 2009, the following year, but ultimately didn't begin until the 1st of September. Um, there were reportedly problems in obtaining Sabina's medical records from Sweden. Okay. On the 2nd of September, Sabina pled guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility. There was no explanation. Every question put to her to was greeted with the reply of no comment. The video from the M6 was never shown. The prosecution and defense both claimed that Sabina was insane at the time of the killing. Well, she kind of seemed insane. Yeah, duh. Um, though not at the time of the trial. Okay. The defense claimed that Sabina was a secondary sufferer of folie French for... Oh, folie de. Folie de. Yeah. I've heard of this before. French for a madness of two. Going on to claim that she had transmitted insanity from her twin Ursula. Are you kidding? So they're, yeah, that's what they're claiming. That they went insane from being together. Yeah, from being together, they transmitted their insanity to one another. So what about the rest of their lives? Right. When they lived normally? Well, I guess because Ursula didn't live with her. So she came to visit her and then she suddenly became insane because of the, she was visiting her. What? Okay. Okay. I don't think that is a, okay. like if I see someone going insane, I don't suddenly become insane because I'm in their proximity. Yeah. But because they're twins, that there's some link there, like psychologically. I don't understand. I don't know. The prosecution in Nottingham Crown Court accepted this. Sabina received five years to be served what? at Bronsfield Women's Prison. Yeah. Though this information is rarely included in the accepted timeline, on the 6th of December, 2012, some footage was uploaded anonymously to the internet that should significantly change the understanding of the events 11 years ago. Yes. Shot at the same time as the footage that aired in both Traffic Cops and Madness in the Fast Lane, it shows two police officers stood in the hard 
shoulder of the M6 under the motorway incident, agreeing that the sisters should be given a 136, a clause within the Mental Health Act that means the police can hold a person on account of their mental health, as well as having to give the detainee a mental health assessment. Neither of these things happened. It is believed that she put, that she that the police requested the BBC Mentron Productions, who shot the footage, remove the segment from the film. What this means is that Sabina should never have been released, obviously, after just one day, meaning Clearly that Glenn Holstenhead Hol would never have met her, meaning Glenn Holstenhead would never have been stabbed. As to why he was stabbed, it's unlikely we'll ever know. Since her release from prison in 2011, Sabina Erickson has disappeared. Whereabouts without unknown. Wow. Wow. Really? Yep. Like, I wonder if she changed her name and is just, like, living, uh, like, yeah. moved to America with her but sister. But, like, what like, the fuck? Why did they both go insane? Why were they both just getting hit by cars and not caring and, what? Uh, they were, like, for, ugh. And how do you transfer someone who was hit by a car going 120 kilometers an hour? Yeah. 60 miles per hour. 60 miles per hour, 120 kilometers. I don't think it's exactly double. It's not, but but it's about that. It's about 115, whatever. I didn't, I don't know. That's why I was like, I don't don't want people to be like, you're stupid. Um, So (laughs) I don't know. But they discharged them the next day. Yeah. They just ran out. Like, even like, even when someone like attempts suicide, they place them on a psychiatric hold for longer than that. I know. And they were both just like actively suicidal constantly. And screaming about their organs being stolen and telling the police that they need the police. Right. I don't, I don't understand. But like the police noticed this and wanted them to have a psych evaluation. Yeah. So what stopped them from doing that? Right. Like what? Ghosts. Ghosts stopped them. (laughs) That's the paranormal here. And now, yeah, <laughs> it's no, the, the ghost. The paranormal is how two people became insane at the same at time. At the same time, I know. I know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, maybe they were possessed. Seems like they were possessed. I mean, it seems like a mental health issue. but For sure. But for the one person, like, it doesn't even say that that person, her, that her sister had a diagnosed mental health no, issue. No, it was like they saw each other and then they just went insane. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. Anyway. Also... We need more. to do a fuck Mary kill. Oh yeah, we need to pick fuck Mary kills. Yeah. What do we want to do? Uh, I don't know. We also have to read a hometown haunt. We do have to do that too. Which I have pulled up. Okay. You think about my fuck Mary kill. Your fuck Mary kill. Or what? Or wait, do? I feel like I read the hometown last time. You can read it you this did. time. Okay. You can read this one. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> About many things. About many things. About many things. Oh, this is a a long one. Yeah, it is. All right. Hey, Marie. And And Nicolina. Nicolina. (laughs) My name is Faith, and I've just recently started listening to your podcast. Before I jump into my batshit crazy sleep paralysis experiences, I just want to say that you are hilarious, and I find it kind of comforting that there are other regular regular girls like me who are into paranormal stuff. Angel. I had my first sleep paralysis when I was 15 years old. I'm 23 now, so that's about eight years ago. Wow. I can't do math, okay? Anyways. Uh, I grew up Christian, and my whole entire life, I consider myself to be pretty spiritual. I acknowledge that a relationship with God is spiritual, and being open spiritually also means you are potentially opening yourself to darker things as well. 
this is my mom. Like, my mom is, this is her, like, she had sleep paralysis forever. Yeah. And we've talked about this. And yeah. she always, like, related it to being, like, like de- demons and, yes. like, the, like, devil. Um, Real quick. Yeah. Gonna jump in while we're on that part. Mm-hmm. And then we'll finish face story. My uh, mother-in-law. Yeah. Used to have sleep paralysis. But we weren't sure. Like, so she still doesn't know if it was sleep paralysis or get ready, aliens, because oh. she would wake up in the middle of the night and there would be a bunch of hooded figures all standing around her bed, like surrounding the bed. And she couldn't. That's move. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So she thinks that it was aliens. Interesting. Quite. Okay. Anyway, well, next. the first time it happened to me was probably the scariest. I remember during this part of my life, I had gone through a very traumatic experience that led me to become very depressed and negative. I believe this is a reason why I might have been vulnerable to not so nice things. It was a school night. I turned off my lights and laid in bed. It was around 11 p.m. For some reason, I felt uneasy and couldn't fall asleep. I laid wide awake, tossing and turning in my bed for a couple hours, unable to shake this weird feeling. My heart was racing and I couldn't figure out why. At this point, my eyes were well adjusted to the dark and I was able to see clearly in the dark. I rolled over to my side and I saw a thick black mist floating back and forth my room. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me, so I shrugged it off. I then turned onto my back and closed my eyes to try and fall asleep. Almost immediately, I became paralyzed. It only lasted a few minutes. Once I was able to move my body again, I opened my eyes and at the foot of my bed, there was a black shadow looking at me. It was about six feet tall, and although although it had no eyes, I could feel it staring. I was so terrified, my ears started to ring, and all the hairs on my arm were standing. I quickly hid under the covers, as I was too scared to get out of bed, and grabbed my phone to play music as a distraction. This is when I got really confused. The time on my phone read 3 a.m., which was extremely strange because, like I had mentioned, it was probably around 1 a.m. when I got paralyzed, and that lasted only a few minutes. I did not sleep that night. This was the beginning of many unexplainable occurrences and sleep paralysis experiences. After that night, I got sleep paralysis pretty regularly. It was happening so much to the point where I wasn't even afraid, just annoyed. I felt my sheets being pulled off my body, saw a gray skeleton peeking into my room, Ugh. heard my sister's singing voice morph into a whispering language I could not understand oh anymore. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. I know many people believe sleep paralysis can be explained scientifically. I agree to an extent, but I also believe sleep paralysis is a sign of spiritual warfare. It makes sense to me now why I had them so much back then. I was super depressed and struggling with my faith. On top of that, I've always been intrigued by the paranormal, which didn't, which probably didn't help. I have more stories that are unrelated to sleep paralysis as well, but I will save them for the next time I decide to write in. I hope you guys enjoyed reading this and maybe I'll hear my story being read in your next podcast. Well, there you go, Faith. Faith. And I welcome you to write any more stories because yours was very interesting and captivating. So thank you for, first of all, trusting us with this information and letting us read it on our show and for making it entertaining for us to read it as well. Yes. Um, Okay. I thought of a fuck, Mary kill while you were reading. You did. Amazing. I thought of two different scenarios. So you pick. Fuck, Mary kill, Gemini edition. Like we pick famous Gemini. Yes. Done. Done. Or sets of twins. No, Gemini's. Gemini's? Okay. Gemini's for sure. Okay, guys. 100%. Give us a minute here. We're going to go find some famous Gemini's. I know one already. I know one already. Okay. (laughs) 
we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We've got our our choices. I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. Here we go. Get ready. So, um, Edward Snowden. Okay. Oh, I was gonna pick him. I gotta pick a new one. Okay, uh, go on. It's okay. Go on. Uh, Donald Trump. Okay. And Kanye West. Okay. Right off the bat, we're killing Donald Trump. No questions. No questions asked. Don't, don't give Done. a shit. Um. Oh. Yeah. Tough. Tough. Damn it. I don't uh, really want to marry either of them. I really wouldn't want to fuck either of them either. Okay. I, I will fuck Kanye. Really? Okay. He's just better looking yeah, to me. Yeah, he is. I will marry Edward just because that means I don't have to fuck him. Yeah, fair. Okay. That was tough though. Those two I think I would tough. I think I would marry Kanye and just suck it up for Edward. Really? Probably. Not me. No. That's fair. Yeah. That's Maybe right. Kanye will take me on a date or something. I don't know. But yeah, no. And like without question, I would kill Donald Trump. Um yeah. okay. I've got mine. Okay. okay. We're gonna do Boris Johnson. Who? The British politician, Boris Johnson. Hot. Okay. Okay. Um, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And Peter Dinklage. You suck. (laughs) This is a horrible, horrible. Can you just let me have some fantasies, please? Oh my god. Okay. Who did you get? So we're gonna have Shia LaBeouf. You gave me Donald Trump. (laughs) Who else did I get? Edward Snowden and. Yeah. Come on. Okay, get okay, out of okay, town. fine, 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 fine. <laughs> We're having sex with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. We are who is the other one? Boris. Peter, Boris, we are marrying. Why? Because he's probably rich. Okay. And I mean Peter Dinklage is too, but I don't really I don't know. See, I would have done and then I would I would kill Peter Dinklage. Okay. I would have married Peter Dinklage. He's rich. He's like whatever. Kill the politician? Yeah, because he's old. He's already lived a life. Like he's lived a long life. Peter Dinklage isn't young. Younger than Boris. He doesn't look that old. Actually, you're right. He doesn't look that old. He's 54. And Peter Dinklage is what? Peter Dinklage 50? is, let me tell you. 48? 50? 50. He's 50. So yeah. He's 50. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we can kill him. Okay. That's fair. And, uh... Because that's showbiz, baby. Yeah, so stay spooky. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.